Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our service times, visit okoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at okoegt. Now let's prepare our hearts as we go into the message. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke's Gospel 24. Luke's Gospel 24, verse 6. The angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. To the astonishment of these women, these faithful followers of Jesus, the angel declared, he is alive, he is risen. Later, the writer of Hebrews would say, so, dear brothers and sisters, We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Did you hear that? By his death, he opened up the way into the most holy place. Place And since we have such a high great priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to keep his His promise. Church, the empty tomb tells the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest reversal to have ever taken place. Jesus walked out of that tomb 2,000 years ago as a triumphant general. He arose victorious. He arose as king of kings and lord of lords. Can somebody give him praise today? He arose as the bomb of Gilead. We know him as the rose of Sharon and the fairest of 10,000. We know him to be the way, the truth, and the life, the conqueror over death. He arose over death, hell, and the grave so that as he lives, we shall live also. This Easter, like no other Easter before, My prayer is this. May we shout it from the rooftops. He is alive. His resurrection means so much. It means that we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. It means that Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. It means that you and I can go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trust in him. It means that we can hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. It means that God can be trusted to keep his promise. When you allow him, Jesus, to work and move in your life, he will begin to reverse some things on your behalf. Maybe you're here today 
and you need God to reverse some things in your marriage. Maybe it has fallen and maybe things are, are tough and things are, are hard. Maybe your finances, you need God to bring a divine reversal. Maybe in some relationships you have. Can I tell you what my God will do? He'll give you beauty for ashes. The joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And today, across this great nation, may the church sing praises to the Lord and not be silent. May we refuse to allow the rocks to cry out in our place. May we shout it from the mountaintop. May we declare it in the valley. Let us speak it in the plains, from coast to coast, from river to shining sea. Let us declare Jesus lives. He lives. He's alive. He walked out of that tomb. Jesus speaking to his disciples before his betrayal. He said, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials. You will have many sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. And it's here in Luke's gospel 24 that we see the resurrected Lord reveal himself to two disciples, two followers on their way to Emmaus. And I believe this Easter morning, God has a revelation of his risen son for you. I believe the eyes of your understanding can be open and truth will be imparted to you. And my prayer for each of us is that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to see Jesus. Notice verse 13 of Luke's gospel 24. That same day, two disciples, two followers of Jesus were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along the way, they were talking about everything that had happened. First of all, we're going to talk about disappointment, being disappointed. Have you ever been disappointed in life? The truth of the matter is, it's an emotion all of us have had to deal with from time to time. For each of us have expectations, some verbalized, some non-verbalized, but nonetheless, they are expectations. And all of us have had our expectations not realized. Unmet expectation leads to disappointment. You may find yourself today disappointed in life. You may find yourself today disappointed in relationships, your career. Maybe you look at your bank account and you get real disappointed when you see it. Possibly in your mind. You have thought that by this season in life, you would have reached a different place, been further along than you really are. Maybe you thought things would be so much easier only to be disappointed with the current destination or the current circumstances you find yourself in. And I say that to help you understand we all face disappointment. And here are two disciples. The New Living Translation uses the term two of Jesus' followers. And it does so to distinguish them from the 11 apostles. So these are two ordinary, everyday followers, disciples of Christ. And Luke tells us that the same day, meaning resurrection day, these two disciples were walking along the road to the village of Emmaus. They were headed home. 
No doubt they were crushed. They were disappointed. Their hope was shattered. You can tell by the conversation they're having. What they had thought Jesus to be, what they had thought and brought a conclusion of what he should do, he did not do. You and I can accomplish and can identify with these two disciples because we too have faced extreme disappointment. Maybe we had some expectations of some leader and maybe their leadership failed us. Maybe we had some expectations of, 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 of a caregiver and maybe they were not able to live up to those expectations that we had. And maybe by this time in life, we thought we'd be somewhere different, but we find ourselves here disappointed. But what I love about this story is this. The second point, Jesus will walk with you. <laughs> in your disappointment, Jesus will walk with you. Notice what Luke describes. As they talked and discussed these things, verse 15, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Luke describes the moment, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. And Jesus said, what things? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. They crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who would come to rescue Israel. All of this happened three days ago. Then... Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them that Jesus is alive. And some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. This passage opens up with Jesus walking with them. Think about that for a moment. It's a tender picture, a most tender moment. Two ordinary, everyday followers of Christ are walking home, and the resurrected Christ comes alongside and takes up the journey with them. They did not recognize him as Jesus. And Luke tells us in verse 16 that, that, that God kept them from recognizing him. But think about this. How many times in our own disappointment has Jesus been there 
and we never even recognized him until it was all over and done with. You may find yourself disappointed. You may find yourself let down in life. But I assure you, Jesus is there. I assure you that Jesus is walking with you. You may be stewarding over shattered dreams by poor decisions. But hear me today. He has not forsaken you. He is there. He's walking with you. He loves you. I want to bring... You this as a question, but also bring it out as a way of encouragement. He's there. He's here. And he will be there tomorrow. What a great picture. Jesus is with you even now. He's walking with you now. He's here with you now. Even though you may not recognize him, Jesus is with you. The writer of Hebrews would say this, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. The writer of Hebrews is actually quoting Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. And the context of that passage is this. The Israelites were about to enter the promised land and the obstacles were great. But in essence, God was saying, I'm greater. Yes, there may be obstacles in your path, but I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. You can deal with it. You can overcome. You can live a victorious life. That's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. It's about a divine reversal. It's about God taking some tragedies in your life and turning them around. It's about the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. He walked with them. Invite Jesus into your journey. Invite Jesus into your disappointment. Invite Jesus into those questions you may have. Notice what else happens. He talked with them. He joined the conversation. Look at verse 17. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along. Now, there's a couple of things I see in this, which I think it's so important for us to remember. One is this, community, relationships. These two men were walking together, headed to Emmaus. And as they were walking, verse 14 says, they were talking about everything that had happened. Who do you have in your life to talk to? Yeah. To talk about everything that is happening in your life. Who do you have in your life to talk to about the disappointments you have, the setbacks in life? You need community. You need a community of faith. You need the body of Christ. We need one another. And let me encourage you, walk through life with people. People with the same convictions, people with the same uh, goals and vision, people who believe in the Christ, the Son of the living God. Community is so important. And another thing I see, it's important to allow Jesus to join the conversation. Allow Jesus to join the conversation, for Jesus is interested in what you're talking about. <laughs> Jesus is interested 
in what you're talking about. Invite Jesus into your convo. What are you discussing, Jesus asked. So intently as you walk along the road. They stopped short. Luke describes this. He describes the look on their face. Sadness written across their face. It really describes the disappointment they were experiencing. Almost the disbelief. One of them, now Luke describes him as Cloopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that happened there the last few days. I think this is so neat. Write the word deeper. Jesus takes them deeper. What things? What things are you talking about? They began to describe the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Lazarus. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death to crucify him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. All of this happened three days ago. Jesus was about to take them deeper in the conversation. What I have learned in life is this. Often what someone presents on the surface isn't really all that's going on. There's often deeper things. And what I love about Christ, what I love about the Holy Spirit is he will take us to the heart of the matter. He'll take us into a deeper walk with him. But we have to be willing to go deeper. We have to be willing to go beyond the surface. We have to be willing to go beyond Easter and Christmas. We have to be willing to go deeper in Christ. Let our roots go deep in him that we'll really understand what resurrection power is. We'll really understand what it is to live and to walk this newness of life. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We really need to know the power of his resurrection. Really understand the truth of the gospel of Christ. So don't you love the way that Jesus takes individuals deeper? And don't you love how Jesus has a way of drawing us out, drawing out of us what needs to be drawn out so he can deal with what needs to be dealt with? (laughs) Let God do his work in you because he's going to bring it to surface because that's what needs to be dealt with. Don't resist the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't resist what Easter is all about. Don't resist what resurrection power is all about. He will allow it to come to surface so he can deal with it in your life. One commentary writes this. The disciples from Emmaus had thought Jesus had come to rescue Israel. Most Jews believe that the Old Testament prophecies pointed to a military and political Messiah who would free the nation from Roman tyranny. They did not realize that the Messiah had come to redeem people from slavery to sin. So therefore, when Jesus died, they lost all hope. Their report that all of this happened three days ago, reveals a bit of expectation at Jesus' promises regarding the third day after his death. And as far as they knew, however, nothing had changed. And then Jesus takes them to the scriptures. 
Let me give you a little bit of rhema word today. You want to find the answers to the dilemma that you're facing? Search the scriptures. Jesus took them to the scriptures. He began to talk to them about the scriptures. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? So Jesus gives a sharp rebuke to these disciples because they failed to realize that Jesus' suffering was his path to glory. And I love verse 27. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He took them to the scriptures and he began to explain to them the meanings of these scriptures pointing to the Messiah. Wouldn't you like to have heard that conversation? Wouldn't you have liked to have Heard some of the verses that he used. Possibly one of them went all the way back to the Torah, all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 15. When God is addressing the serpent after the fall in the Garden of Eden, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Let me tell you, the fulfillment of that verse is found in Jesus the Christ because Jesus bruised the head of the serpent, destroyed his power, took away his authority and power. The apostle Paul would later write to the church of Colossae, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He counseled the record of the charges against us. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. See, the cross, Jesus was bruising the head of the serpent, defeating him so that you could live a victorious life. Which brings us to our third point. Not only did Jesus talk with them, but Jesus went home with them. It's important that you invite Jesus to go home with you. Home represents the place you reside. It represents your residence. It represents the place where you are, who you are. Your authentic self. It's so important that you invite Jesus into your authentic self. We have a life where we put on masks. We have this mask that's our career. We have this mask that is our, our passions, uh, the things we like to do. We have this mask that is our, our social life. We have this mask that we put on when we go to church. Before you know it, they have these, all these masks taking place. God wants us to remove all those masks. He wants to come home with you so you can live your true authentic self. No more duplicity. No more living double lives. No more living a life of facade, but living a life of authenticity at home, at work, at church, in your social life. Everything you do has Christ at the center. And that's what Easter is about. That's what Resurrection Sunday is about. 
Verse 28, by this time they were nearing Emmaus and the, at the end of their journey and Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. I love it. The resurrected Lord went home with them. And, and we know through Luke's description, as of yet, they didn't quite realize who he was. But in the home, they're about to see him for who he is. There's a lesson for us. There's a lesson there for us. He went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread, he blessed it, then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were open and they recognized him. At that moment, he disappeared. Here they come. They're walking to Emmaus, disappointed. And here comes the unseen guest. Here he comes, Jesus walking with them, joining them in their journey. What are you talking about so intently? They respond in such a way, man, you must live underneath the rock if you don't know what has just happened. <laughs> I mean, everybody, you got friends like that. You got friends like, where in the world you been? <laughs> and Jesus began to talk with them. He began to take them deeper. And then they said, come, come stay with us. Not only was it a tradition for them to be hospitable in their culture, but Jesus had something to reveal to them. It was late. They asked Jesus to stay. It was here where they were about to have an encounter that will forever change their life. And I think it's important to note, it was in the home where these two disciples encountered the risen Christ. And my prayer is for us to encounter the risen Christ in our homes like never before. Church Easter is all about coming together in the house of God. But unless we take Easter home with us, unless we live out Easter in the home, unless we have a revelation of the risen Christ in our most intimate places, then the Sunday experience really means nothing except an emotional lift. But I'm here today to tell you he'll transform your life He'll turn your disappointments into victories. He'll take those things that have let you down. He'll join you in your walk. He'll join you in your journey. And as you invite him into the intimate places of your heart, of your life, he will forever change you. And this is the aim of Easter. And they sat down to eat. He took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly. Say that word with me. Suddenly. Their eyes were open. They recognized him. Jesus and his resurrection body sat down and ate with them. Luke is very careful to bring this out. Because he wants you to understand this is not some spiritual revelation. It's not some spirit or some ghost resembling Jesus. 
It was Jesus in his physical body sitting down with these two disciples and eating with them. We believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as he was risen from the dead, we also believe that these old mortal bodies, when they're put in the grave, one day will be resurrected to live forever with him. It was here in that most intimate setting at the home that Jesus, who was the guest, became the host. He took the lead. It's important to allow Jesus to take the lead in your life. He took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it to them. Write this last fill in the blank. There's revelation in the breaking. Suddenly, their eyes were open. They recognized him. It wasn't until he broke the bread that everything changed. They recognized him. Possibly these disciples, and likely so, were present when Jesus fed the 5,000. And many theologians believe the miracle took place in the breaking of the bread. So let me ask a very important question. How many times have we come to a great understanding of Christ or a greater realization of him in times of breaking, in times that are difficult, in times that are hard, in the moments, in the hard places of life? And it's in those hard moments that we receive a revelation of who he is. It's in the breaking that you understand that he's the Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, both King and Savior. Don't despise the hard places. Don't even despise the pain you're walking through. But lean into the activity of God. Because so often in the breaking, there's a greater revelation of who he is. Don't waste the moment you are facing, but receive the revelation of who Jesus is. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. He is resurrection and he is life. He is the ancient of days. He's the highway to holiness. He's the pathway to eternal life. He's the friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's the healer of our brokenness. He's our deliverer. And church, he's the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Immediately, when they recognized who Jesus was, they had to tell the others. They looked at one another and said, did not our heart burn within us? Didn't we sense something was happening and taking place? When Jesus left, within the hour, they hurried back to Jerusalem. No small journey. They hurried back to Jerusalem to find the other apostles to tell them what the lady said is true. We've seen the risen Christ. He is alive. And can I tell you something today? When you come to the revelation of who Jesus is, you have to tell someone. You have to let others know that he is 
alive. Let us pray. Father, we invite you into our disappointment. We invite you into this moment. We declare you deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name.